You're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD. This episode is sponsored by Esperion Therapeutics. Here's your host, Dr. Charles Turk. Welcome to Heart Matters on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and joining me to discuss how we can achieve optimal LDL levels in statin intolerant patients is endocrinologist Dr. Yuda Handelsman, who's the medical director and principal investigator at the Metabolic Institute of America. Dr. Handelsman, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me. So let's start with some background, Dr. Handelsman. Can you give us an overview of the most common statin-related side effects? Sure. So the main side effect of statins is muscle pain or rather muscle ache. And I want to differentiate it. It's not that you play tennis and your right arm is now painful and therefore, oh, that must be the statins. And I heard a lot of that now. It's really more of a generalized ache of the muscles in the body up to a point where the patient couldn't get up from his seat and go ride his bikes, for example. So it's this kind of a thing. It's just generalized muscle aches. The one I describe is an extreme one, but usually it's an ache on the thighs, on the arms, so on. Then we can have something we call myositis, where there is a true inflammation of the muscles. We will know that when we check the CPK, which is a measure of muscle breakdown. And if that CPK is up at least 10 to 20 times, we call it myositis. Not an often. It's an infrequent side effect that we're seeing, but it exists. And the worst of all is a condition called rhabdomyolysis, where really a true breakdown of muscles, where the CPK can be 40 times and more. This can be a life-threatening condition. Lucky enough, it happens very rare. But once we stop the medication, it usually stops and it's not there. And as a quick follow-up to that, how prevalent is statin intolerance? So statin intolerance, it's quite an interesting look and definition, perhaps. The numbers that you will read would say 5% to 30%. I think in trials where they look specifically in that and they compare it to placebo, they're looking about the 5 perhaps 7.5%. But I don't think it's important. What's more important is what the patient thinks. And the number of patients that think that they may have a statin intolerance, whether for real or perceived one, can be up to 25 or even 30%. So there's quite a discrepancy between a true statin intolerance versus a perceived statin intolerance. So with that background in mind, let's turn our attention to the updated consensus statement from the National Lipid Association, or NLA for short. Dr. Handelsman, what do they recommend for reducing LDL in statin intolerant patients? The first position statement for statin intolerance by the NLA was in 2014, and this is now in updated, perhaps because we've got fewer and more medications that we can use in these populations. You see, the FDA at the time did not really accept the concept of statin intolerance. And what they did, and I actually give them a shout for that, is actually they called it most tolerated statin dose that a patient can take. And I thought it was a very interesting way for the FDA, rather than to go into different in identifying true statin intolerance to say, hey, whatever the patient can tolerate, will accept a statins intolerance. What the NLA did in their newer update right now is actually they tried to define it in a slightly different way. We always said that in order to have a true statin intolerance, what we have is to 
try at least two different statins to stop the statin when they have the side effect, to restart the statin again, perhaps reduce the dose, and then if not, try another one. The NLA did not divert much away from that. They just added another aspect and say complete statin intolerance, so somebody cannot tolerate anything, or incomplete statin intolerance. So complete would be tried statin, reduce the dose. Usually it's a daily dose, the lowest dose. They define what the lower doses are on the different statins and see that they cannot take it even daily. Then to look at in other statins and perhaps look at alternate mode of taking it, say, three times a week or two times a week and see if people can tolerate it a bit better. So the new thing here is complete statin intolerance versus incomplete that they have on the update. For those just tuning in, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk. I'm speaking with Dr. Yuda Handelsman about the latest guidance on reducing LDL levels in statin-intolerant patients. Now let's zero in on another set of recommendations. Dr. Handelsman, what can you tell us about the ACC Expert Consensus Decision Pathway guidance on the role of therapies other than statin? So this newer update, I think, on non-statins, ways to reach LDL goal, still goes to explain at length the whole history of statins and why to use statins and what was the 2013 guideline in the other pathways, and to say that, hey, we've got some newer stuff right nowadays, clinician wants to use them. They also kind of put in new targets. They don't like goals. So it's targets for management, including targets that we introduced in my 2017 guideline, and then the European Society of Cardiologists, they adopted that in 2019, looking at LDL goal below 55. So in the current non-starting pathway, we incorporate different patients, or the ACC incorporate different patient scenarios where they show how you can reach patients at a very high risk to get to a goal, let's say, of less than LDL of 55, or not goal, sorry, targets. I have to speak ACC lingo on this one. So I actually liked what they did this time. I think a little bit complicated, but at the end of the day, they said, hey, we've got a lot of ways we can get today patients to the correct target, which a lot of patients did not get with statin alone. So statin and non-statin together, great combination, whether it is, you know, azetamide that we had now for a long time, colecevalam, bilacetiquestrin that we've got for a long time. Both of them have about 15 to 20% reduction on LDL. The PCSK9 inhibitors or the PCSK9 that reduce production and neurodrug that was recently introduced in glycerin can reduce LDL by about 55 to 60% independently or on top of statins. So whatever statin dose you can have, when you add these drugs, it is much better. And then we've got another neurodrug, zempedeic acid, which also has about a 20% impact on the LDL. And it also comes as a combination with azetamide, so pempodeic acid, azetamide, it's a nice combination because it's a fixed dose. It's a 10 milligram and 180 milligram of the azetamide, 180 milligram of pempodeic acid. And together they get like a 38 to 40% reduction on the, or near 40% reduction on the LDL. So if it's on top of a statin, it's wonderful. 
And if it's by itself, it's not too bad. And it looks at different combinations. And if we look beyond the NLA and ACC recommendations, are there any other management strategies that we can use to achieve optimal LDL levels with reduced side effects? So we have lots of options today. And as I said, you know, that we've had guidelines out there that they've been a little bit earlier recommending usage of combination therapy with statins and non-statins or just non-statins and non-statins. Quite easy to deal with. You know, it's really not a very complicated subject. I think there's some definitions that make it a little bit hard to understand. But in general, you see an LDL, you identify the risk of the patient, and you try to reduce this LDL based on that patient risk, no risk, maybe less than 100, you know, moderate risk, maybe or high risk, maybe less than 70, very high risk, or what we like to call extreme risk, less than 55. There is even a recommendation now by a couple groups. One is the European Society of Cardiology. The other one is a group that develops something called diabetes cardiorenal metabolic diseases, a practice recommendation, the CRM. It also suggests that if people have an LDA less than 55 and had another event within two years, that maybe should go to an LDA 40. Not enough data on that, but the interesting thing is we can get people now to almost any LDL that we want. Even a lot of the people that have heterozygous FH when the LDL start is 20, 200 and above. And that's in combination with statins and PCSK9 and Zetamab and benfodeic acid. We can get them to as low as we want. We've never had it before. And that's why I'm happy that the ACC now joined a multitude of clinicians We've been doing it right now for a while, using combination therapy as early as possible to get people to as low as possible target based on their risks. And as that brings us to the end of today's program, I want to thank my guest, Dr. Yuda Handelsman, for helping us better understand how we can reduce LDL levels in statin intolerant patients. Dr. Handelsman, it was great having you on the program. Thank you for having me, and uh, I really commend you for doing that. It's an important subject. This episode of Heart Matters was sponsored by Esperion Therapeutics. To access other episodes in this series, visit ReachMD.com slash Heart Matters, where you can be part of the knowledge. Thanks for listening.